By the time Sirius arrived at Azkaban, it was three o'clock and already starting to get dark. It was also raining very hard, and he couldn't see anything out of the window of the PAP headquarters. Sirius! Charlie Weasley entered from the back, holding a model of a Welsh green in one hand. I thought I heard someone up here. What are you doing? Sirius asked, thinking that Charlie was a bit too old to be playing with dolls. Come on back and have a look. Cho and I were just testing out some new flight patterns. He led Sirius to the back room, where a pretty girl was watching two miniature dragons fly around a three-dimensional model of Azkaban. Sirius, said Charlie, clearing his throat, this is my assistant and fellow dragon rider, Cho Chang. Cho, this is Sirius Black. Cho held out her hand and gave Sirius a sweet smile. She didn't look as spooked as some people still did at the mention of his name. Then again, Sirius thought, he probably wasn't as intimidating as a full-grown dragon. We were trying to see how difficult it would be for two riders to cover the area, and were testing a few new dives. Sometimes those Dementors try to trick us. It's too bad that a good dose of fire isn't enough to do them in. Charlie jumped back, just as one of the model dragons emitted a small jet of flame. "'Have you tried?' asked Sirius, trying not to sound too hopeful. "'Course we tried,' said Charlie. "'The Dementors just glide through it. I think they like fire.' He rubbed at the spot on his elbow where the miniature dragon had attacked. "'Can we go outside and have a look at the real dragons?' Sirius checked his watch. He was eager to try to talk to Harry, although he wasn't quite sure what he would say. Sorry your girlfriend was using you as a lab rat didn't seem quite appropriate. James would have said something more diplomatic and understanding than that, although no amount of imagining could help Sirius figure out what that might be. If you want to go out in that, said Charlie, gesturing with his thumb to the wind and rain outside, but I'd rather wait until my shift starts. You can watch almost as well from in here. Sirius looked dubiously at the darkness outside the window. Cho waved her wand and the two dragons that had been flying around the Azkaban model froze and flew to her hand. With another flick, something shimmered over the model, and soon three miniature dragons were flying around the prison, a tiny rider on top of each of them. "'Not bad, huh?' asked Cho. "'There's Harry.' She pointed with her wand to a dragon that was flying low to the water. Sirius's heart froze when he saw it was pushing a Dementor back to the shore. He reminded himself that it wasn't real that it was just an image, but then again, it was real to Harry, who was flying around outside. "'Is that Malfoy?' Sirius asked, pointing to a resplendent scarlet dragon on the opposite side of the island. It seemed wrong to see a Malfoy flying on something that had the natural coloring of a Gryffindor. Charlie nodded. "'It's the strangest thing we've ever seen. i never, ever seen a tame Chinese fireball before he showed up and I wasn't sure how the other dragons were going to take it, especially Norbert. But Malfoy's dragon is surprisingly docile, and all the other dragons seem to ignore him. We keep a close eye on him, but there haven't been any problems. For all his faults, Malfoy's a good rider. Charlie said the last few words manfully, though he looked like he had just tasted something foul. Do you think the Death Eaters used that dragon in the war? asked Sirius. Charlie shrugged. Probably, but there's no proof, and that dragon's been a pet in Malfoy's family for two generations. It's got papers. Are the Dementors supposed to get that close? Sirius asked, watching as Mick took a dive and directed one gracefully back into the rocks. It just looks close, assured Cho. 
It's been consistently about 50 feet, so that one's right on the model. Cho furrowed her brow in confusion. But that Dementor does look like it's getting fairly close to Norbert, doesn't it? Charlie, look at this. All eyes turned to scrutinize the miniature replica of Azkaban. Harry was flying Norbert very close to the water. The wind and rain swirling around the fortress made it difficult to see clearly, magnified by the fact that as soon as they looked, Norbert emitted a huge plume of flame. The resulting smoke rose over the water, mixing with the clouds and disintegrating into the dusk. Everything looked gray. Except... What's that? asked Sirius, pointing to a small cloud of white that was hovering thinly in front of Harry. Looks like a Patronus, said Charlie, already prolling on his jacket. But why? He didn't need to wait long to find out. Harry was about a half mile from Azkaban. A Dementor was directly in front of him. Norbert seemed to be struggling, and Harry seemed unwilling to fly higher until the Dementor turned back. But there was something else in the water. At first, Sirius had thought it was just a pile of rocks, jutting out to sea. He knew from his own experience that the waters surrounding Azkaban contained several of these rock formations. They had been perfect places for Padfoot to stop and rest. But, as he peered closer, he realized with a dropping feeling in his stomach that it was actually a group of Dementors, about a dozen in all, and they were gliding with alarming speed directly towards Harry and Norbert. Charlie and Cho were already out the door, and Sirius rushed after them, his wand ready. The wind and rain rushed at his face, and he could barely see two feet in front of him. Cho and Charlie both had broomsticks in their hands, and they took off into the air immediately. Hoping that there were some spares in the headquarters, Sirius concentrated as hard as he could. Accio broomstick! A Nimbus 77 flew into his hands, and he leapt onto it. As the broomstick shivered and shook in the air, Sirius wished more than ever that he could locate his old motorbike. At least then he would have had some strong headlights. Sirius flew blindly, unable to see either Harry or Norbert. The light at the end of his wand couldn't cut through the overwhelming gray that densely surrounded him. Then, from above, came a blinding jet of fire. Sirius swerved to avoid being burnt, and just in time to miss being hit by a large scarlet tail. Assuming that Malfoy was headed in Harry's direction, Sirius followed the dragon, making sure to stay well behind it, thankful for its bright colors. As they neared Azkaban, Sirius could make out several others on broomsticks, hovering in a semicircle. In front of them was an opaque white light, the glow, he realized, of numerous Patronus charms being cast at one time. Despite the distance between himself and the Dementors, Sirius could feel a sudden depression falling over him. Before he could stop it, a vision of an emerald green dark mark in the sky, of the smoking remains of a house, of James and Lily on the ground, came flooding into his mind. All that he could hear was the high-pitched sound of a baby crying. Harry. Give him to me, Hagrid. I'm his godfather. I'll look after him. Sorry, Sirius. I'm under strict orders from Dumbledore. Harry's to go to his aunt and uncle's, Lily's family. The Chinese fireball sped far ahead of Sirius and took a dive. Sirius's head cleared instantly, and he could finally see Norbert, noticing thankfully that Harry was still in control of the dragon and was still trying to push Dementors back toward Azkaban's shore. With the help of the Aurors, there was now considerable space between Harry and the Dementors, although they were still not retreating as fast as they should. 
At first, Sirius thought that what he saw next was a trick of light. Malfoy's scarlet dragon swooped down in between Norbert and the line of Dementors. Miraculously, neither Norbert nor the fireball seemed to mind being that close to one another. Then, as calmly as if they were herding sheep into a pasture, Malfoy floated toward the Dementors, who suddenly started moving very quickly and, in a matter of seconds, had all retreated into the cracks and crevices of the Azkaban fortress. All that Sirius could do was sit back on the broomstick and float. He was wet to the bone, shivering from the cold, and completely exhausted. It was all too unpleasantly familiar, the jagged rocks, the stormy water, and the fortress looming in the distance. He was lucky, he realized, that he'd broken free from Azkaban in the summer. He saw the Aurors retreating, and Charlie Weasley bobbing up and down in the air next to Norbert. Charlie and Harry seemed to be having an intense discussion, and, after a moment, Charlie flew off, and Harry turned and directed Norbert back to shore. A burly reserve rider on a large Welsh green took off in the distance as Harry brought Norbert down to land. Malfoy was still circling Azkaban lazily, though Sirius barely noticed him. It had been a long time since he had remembered Godric's Hollow so clearly. Holding back something that felt like a sob, Sirius flew back to the headquarters, more certain than ever that the only way to stop the Dementors was to slaughter them. The headquarters were deserted, with the exception of Alastor Moody, who was pacing back and forth in the front room, his wooden leg thumping in no particular rhythm on the floor. Sirius threw the broomstick into a corner and shook out his hair. When that did nothing but send water flying onto his shoulders, he let out a grunt of frustration and transformed into Padfoot. He ran around the room several times, skidding to a halt in front of the fire and shaking his fur vigorously. Moody pulled his wand and pointed it at Sirius. I thought I was one for theatrics, he said, raising the eyebrow above his good eye. You're making the room smell like a wet dog, Black. He uttered a drying spell. Sirius transformed. It had been unnecessary, but he had needed some way to let out his anger, and Padfoot had always been able to put distance between him and his old memories. What the hell happened out there? He spat at Moody, pointing at the door. What was that? When Charlie walked in a moment later, looking worried, Sirius repeated his question. What was that? He tried to keep his voice under control. I don't know, said Charlie quietly. He looked quite shaken up. It doesn't make sense. We're having Norbert checked out right now. Draco and Mixed Dragons didn't seem to have any problems. It figures, muttered Sirius. Where's Harry? What did he say? Has he noticed anything unusual about Norbert lately? How is he? I'm fine. Harry stood in the doorway. He was dry, and the firebolt that Sirius had given him when he was thirteen was clutched in his hand. Sirius rushed over to him. Harry, what hap- But Harry cut him off. Norbert probably just has a cold. He turned to face Charlie. The keepers are going to give him something in his food tonight. Do you think he'll be okay to ride in the morning? In the morning? repeated Sirius. In the morning? Harry, you're not getting on top of that dragon again. Harry didn't seem to hear him. As a matter of fact, he seemed to be pointedly ignoring Sirius. Weasley, said Moody, clearing his throat, I'd say it's possible that the Ridgeback is less effective against Dementors than the Greens. It's possible, came an answer from the doorway, but it wasn't from Charlie. Mick O'Malley stood in the door, along with Draco Malfoy. 
Mick entered the room and clapped Harry on the back. Sorry I missed the excitement, Harry. With the wind and the rain, I really couldn't see what was going on over on your side. I should have suspected something. I didn't see any Dementors for close to two hours. He turned to Charlie. We need to get that communication spell set up. Sirius took a step forward. So you didn't feel anything different about your dragon? He asked Mick. Then he turned to Malfoy, who appeared to be somewhat amused by the whole situation. What about you? Sirius barked at him. You certainly managed to ride in and save the day. There must have been a dozen Dementors out there. There were thirteen, said Moody gruffly, and they were strong. I know that the Aurors have been out of practice since the dragons arrived on the scene, but it took quite a few Patronus charms to set them back. It's almost as if they'd banded together. Eyeing Malfoy suspiciously, Sirius opened his mouth to speak, but Malfoy held up a finger. I'd be careful if I were you, Black. You wouldn't want to defame my character. I didn't do anything except possibly save Potter's life. An angry sound escaped Harry's throat, and Sirius noticed that he was gripping his broomstick so tightly that his knuckles were white. Potter, began Moody, artfully stepping forward between Malfoy and Sirius, have the Dementors been affecting you at all? I've noticed you setting off quite a few Patronus charms while you're flying around up there. No, said Harry with force, and Sirius was certain that he was lying. He looked ill. His eyes were dull, and his skin pale and almost green in tint. May I be excused? asked Malfoy, who, in contrast, appeared to be the picture of health. His hair looked like he'd just had it done, and his eyes were bright. I have plans this evening. Sirius was about to object, but Moody nodded, and Charlie said, Sure, go ahead, and then, with obvious force, added, Thanks for all your help. Right, said Sirius, taking a step closer to Harry, as Malfoy disappeared into thin air. You're coming home now. I don't live at Lupin Lodge anymore, Harry said, not looking at Sirius. I'm going to stay and see what's wrong with Norbert. Sirius flinched at his tone, and narrowed his eyes at Charlie. I think it's clear there's something wrong with the Ridgeback. There must be another dragon? Sure, said Charlie. We have a reserve because Malfoy brought his own. We don't like to use him, though. He's named Flatulo for a reason. Moody snorted. I'm writing Norbert, said Harry determinedly, turning his back and heading out the door. Let's go, Mick. Sirius knew by the very James-like set of his shoulders that it was useless to try to stop him. He watched him go, watched as the dragon riders and Moody followed Harry and made their ways out into the rain once more. Sirius remained alone in the headquarters, so frustrated that he could not resist the urge to kick something. His foot connected with solid wood and a chair splintered against the wall, but it gave him no relief. He was a failure as a godfather. They should have left Harry to Remus, he thought bitterly. He inwardly cursed James and Lily for trusting him, and resisted an urge to fly up to their graves and jump up and down repeatedly. They should have known better. They had trusted him with important decisions before, and it had brought misery to everyone. Sirius had a feeling that, if they could have done it from beyond the grave, they would have revoked his guardianship and given Harry to someone else. Sirius had a sudden memory of Lily, sitting quietly in her bedroom rocking chair, a white cloth draped over her breast and Harry's face as she fed him. That's freakish, Sirius had told her from the hallway, pointing at the feeding process. You're scarring my godson for life. Hey, get out of here, 
James had tried to push Sirius out of viewing distance, but Sirius had pushed back, and Lily had only laughed at them as they'd gotten into a wrestling match right there in the doorway. I'm covered up, James, for pity's sake. He's been trying to get a peek at you since first year, James had retorted, trying to pin Sirius and failing. Oh, really? Lily had asked lightly, shooting Sirius a knowing grin. Well, he's entitled to a good look at this if he wants it, because if he has to take Harry, then he'll have to take over these feedings, won't he? There are certain charms that men can use for this sort of thing. I'll make sure to write them down for you, Sirius. Won't you look lovely with a pair of... James had fallen apart laughing, and Sirius had looked up, appalled. <laughs> you are a sick woman. You do it, though, she'd returned, still grinning. I know you. Shut your eyes. Sirius had done so, and when he'd opened them again, Lily had shut her robes and was holding Harry out to him. Harry had been so tiny and pale and dark-headed. Big green eyes had blinked up at Sirius when he'd approached to pick up his godson's little form and cradle him in one arm. "'Who's this big man?' Sirius had said in a stupid voice, tickling the baby's round stomach with one finger. "'Who's this big scary man?' He had lifted Harry's little shirt and given him a raspberry on his belly, making him giggle and reach up with chubby hands to pat Sirius's face. "'Oh, he's got me!' Sirius had shouted, pretending to stagger. "'He's gonna knock me flat!' He'd kissed Harry on the nose. "'You'll break hearts, you know that? Remind me a bit of myself, actually. Strong, rakishly handsome. Prongs, are you sure he's yours?' James had punched him from behind. "'Hey, don't make me drop him!' Sirius had shouted, clinging to Harry. Lily had looked on as they had continued playing, her gaze strangely distant and satisfied. "'You'll take care of him,' she'd said suddenly. "'You'll love him for us.' At her words, both Sirius and James had stopped pretending to fight, and the room had gone suddenly horribly still. "'Don't say it like that,' James had said quickly, coming around Sirius. "'We're not going anywhere.' Lily had given her head a quick shake, and the light had come back into her eyes. I know. But they had been wrong. Sirius drew his wand and pointed it at the shattered chair. Reparo, he muttered. They had trusted him to love their son in their stead, and now he had spent the last four months obsessed with justice, ignoring his duty to James and Lily almost entirely. He rubbed his head. He needed time. Time to set aside just for Harry if Harry would accept it. Ron's assistance really had relieved the pressure in his trial preparations. Perhaps if he could have Ron full-time, well, Arthur would simply have to agree, and hopefully Ron would agree. And regardless of all of it, there had to be a way to annihilate the Dementors and spare Harry the torture of this idiot job he'd taken. There was a lot to work out. Newly determined, his mind buzzing with ideas and resolutions, Sirius focused on the Ministry, twisted his wand, and disapparated.